This is Whiskey and Risk, a J. Crew podcast where we talk about all things risky while drinking a little bit of whiskey. I'm Max. And I'm Jackson. Let's get into it. Cheers. Welcome back to Whiskey and Risk. I'm your host, Max Katzbeck. And I'm Jackson Doyle. And we are delighted to have you joining us today. This episode's pretty special to us. Definitely. It's our first sponsored episode. Shout out to Roger Paveza at Vista Safety Consulting. So Roger's a listener. He listened to the podcast and reached out to me and gave us some compliments and said, hey, what kind of bourbon do you boys like? And I said, pretty much anything that's brown and has a little bit of alcohol in it. So we're not picky, but Roger showed up a couple of days later at our office and dropped off a beautiful bottle of E.H. Taylor small batch. So not only is this the first sponsored podcast that we have, but this is probably the best bourbon that we've had on the show. Absolutely. Above and beyond for sure. I'm having some sips of it and it is delicious. We'll get into a review in a second, but before we do that, I just want to give a quick shout out to Vista Safety Consulting. Vista Safety Consulting, they're out of the Chicagoland area, out of Schaumburg. We use Roger and Vista for a lot of our risk management needs with our clients. So they're a third-party risk management and safety consulting firm. So what they will do is come into our client's place of work. Sometimes they might do a mock OSHA inspection. Other times they'll perform safety trainings. For me, in particular, I work with a rather large moving company in in Chicago. And part of bringing them on as a client was making the introduction to Roger. We sponsored the safety meeting with Roger for our client. But Roger and his team came in, gave my client just different tips and risk management strategies on driving the box trucks. As you can imagine, driving a moving truck in the city of Chicago is not an easy task. So doing that, lifting training. I've been on other mock ocean inspections with Vista before where they'll come into a manufacturing plant. They have their own proprietary software that they will make notes of any issues that they come across or recommendations and give you a safety score. So the really nice thing about that is when OSHA comes in and does an inspection, if you have any issues, there's going to be a, a very, very large penalty to pay for that. So Roger coming in as a third party, he works as a team with Jay Krug and our client to get ahead of that. So if you have those violations, you're not going to get fined or anything like that. But it's just a matter of knowing where you're at right now and where you might be able to improve in case OSHA does come in and do an inspection. You want to make sure everything's safe. And even for your employees, you want to make sure everything's safe. I know Jackson has a couple contracting clients that you've talked about. You want to maybe mention that? Yeah. So that's what I was going to say as well. I mean, hit it right on the head talking about their capabilities, but just a special, I guess, additional shout out to Roger specifically is just his education, his knowledge of all of the penalties, but also just the insurance market and industry as a whole. And the things that sometimes get swept under the rug are, are, are aren't always brought up at certain toolbox talks or different things going on that when I talk to him specifically, I mean, we all know that I primarily search out for mechanical contractors, yeah. HVAC, plumbing, electrical contractors. And he was able to give me some information on like the top five OSHA penalties over the last 10 years that those companies are facing or new additions to legislation literature going into all of those penalties and different rules coming out in the regulations. So he's just very knowledgeable. And that is sometimes more valuable, 
obviously the services they provide, but being able to use them as a resource outside of just what they're able to give you tangibly is just as important to offer to our clients. Yeah. And honestly, Roger hooked us up with this bottle and that might seem like a really long intro for a, a typical like sponsored yeah. type of arrangement, but really what we're saying is true. And we could honestly do a whole show about the risk management products and solutions that we bring to the table with our clients. But a lot of that has to do with just the safety consulting when you're on a riskier job industry, just bringing them in and having them be the experts at the OSHA and the risk management. And I mean, when it comes to workers' compensation too, with your experience, mod, that's the one thing in insurance that you can really control. So a lot of times when we work with clients that have a really high mod, let's say a mod over one and a half or two, where you're paying, if your mod's at two, you're paying double the amount for insurance that the same company in your industry is paying. So working with clients to bring that down, and when you're paying hundreds of thousands of dollars for your workers' comp premiums, getting that mod down lower is a very, very important thing and just for the culture of your company. So shout out to Vista Safety Consulting and Roger and, and shout out to Roger for bringing this bottle of this E.H. Taylor. Shout it's out. fantastic. I mean, I'm diving into it. It is honestly one of my favorite bourbons overall. Yeah, very smooth. Very smooth. I know we've talked about it on the last podcast or in podcasts in the past, but typically my go-to is Buffalo Trace. Well, E.H. Taylor's kind of the next step up from Buffalo Trace. You have Eagle Rare, I believe. You have Buffalo Trace, and then you have E.H. Taylor. They're all made from the Buffalo Trace distillery. I believe that's out of Louisville, but I won't go into a full review because we know it's real good, but tasting notes, the appearance is a warm maple. The nose, aroma, and smell is fresh popped corn, caramel apples, and pumpkin spice. Mm -mm -mm. And that flavor taste palette, thick and sweetly spicy with butterscotch and cinnamon. And the finish is a medium length with notes of vanilla and creme brulee. I got all that. Ule la. And I love that. I mean, and it's also 100 proof. I know I've mentioned in the past, I typically drink 90 proofs, but this one's a really smooth one. I was going to say, and it's not overly sweet. That's kind of where I draw the line in terms of where my taste goes with bourbon. I'm not on the sweeter side. And this like we just touched on is very smooth. I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to take one final sip before a reading. Here we go. It's a big sip. It was because I wanted to get all of the essence that you just went into describe. Yeah. And I'm going to come out on top. I think this might be my highest score. I can't remember. The drum roll, please. 8.8. 8. 8. 8. I really like that. It's just under a nine, but it's on the cusp and it's a very good. Yeah, an 8.8. Eight. Okay, I really like that. Let me give a little sippy yeah, boo. Yeah. Get the ice. All right. The anticipation. Survey says. I'm going to give it a nine, too. Oh, shoot. I know. I'm going to give it That's a nine, your too. Highest two, I believe. That's definitely my highest. There's nine in the books. I know Roger provided this to us. We're unbiased, yeah. but honestly, I love the Buffalo Trace Distillery, and this is just kind of like the next level up I from agree. it. So thank you, Roger. This is quite fantastic. delicious. Yeah. Shout out, Roger. Yeah. We're going to enjoy this. But yeah. Moving on from that, let's just catch up a little bit. Yeah. And let's hear what's going on in your life inside of insurance and outside how things been going. Things are good. Summer's been real busy. I would say May, June was a huge renewal month. So I was working on a lot of renewals for my clients. So that kept me pretty busy. As those started dying down, I've been out meeting with clients, going to different networking events. That's been fun. I've been able to kind of balance that a little bit more because I've got through those renewals. Overall, I have brought on a couple of pretty good new clients lately. 
another machinery dealer that I'm working with, and then a homeowners association out of Chicago, about 50 buildings or so, a pretty large, solid account for our firm that we've been working with that property management company and working with the board and, and helping to facilitate that transition. So I brought them on as a client and that's been really a lot of fun. It's a lot of underwriting information that goes into an account like that with that amount of buildings, but that's been fun. It's been great. And it's always great to add to the client base and obviously get in front of my current clients and make sure they're all happy and everything's hunky-dory. But business has been good. It's been a good summer. We're almost halfway through, which is crazy. And I don't know when this podcast is coming out. I hopefully next month, so it doesn't sound too weird, but yeah, halfway through summer, it's just flying by. Personally, yeah, it's been crazy too. Just in August, I'm going on a couple of trips. I'm going down to Arkansas for a family reunion for a long weekend. And then followed up two days later, I'm going to our coworker, Connor Walsh's bachelor party in New Orleans. So shout out Connor one time. That'll be fun. And hopefully we make it all back in one piece. The week following that, I'm going to Ireland for 10 days. So just trying to get everything done before those trips. I mean, that's kind of the good thing about our job is you have that flexibility of being able to do fun things and do what you want to do, but you also have to work hard to make it all happen. So enough about me though, Jackson, how the hell are you? I'm doing all right. <laughs> right there, but these have been good. Like you said, it's been a very busy summer. The past month I'd say has just been crazy with work and outside of work. On the weekends, I just got back from a week-long family vacation. We were down to the water floor. You got some color, too. And that was great. Yep, I'm a nice bronze tall. So I just got back from that trip. I've had about four renewals in about the same amount of weeks. So turning those around has been a little chaotic just with where the market's at, which we're going to get into and the challenges that have gone into renewals this year. Yeah, but it hasn't been easy. Behind the scenes, we fight for our clients, and there's a lot that goes into that to try to combat different trends that are going on. So just been in kind of craziness here within the office, but also outside. I went on trips earlier, 4th of July weekend, to a lake in Wisconsin with some friends, and then, yeah, just had a family vacation. So feels good to kind of be back in the driver's seat here at work and put my head back down and get to work, bringing in some new business. I got a lot working here in third quarter that we're really excited about. You just brought a new one on last, was that Monday or? This week. Yeah, yeah. congratulations uh, on that. Out of Chicago, thank you. They had a few different carrier partners in play, a few different X states, and we were able to consolidate all of that and then also bring them some savings. So what was the industry on that one? That was residential plumbing. Nice. We were really happy about that one. But yeah, enough about me. Let's kind of get into the topic of this podcast. It kind of ties in with VISA. It ties in with how things have been renewals and just different factors outside of premium that go into the whole insurance buying process and what it looks like on our end as much as it does for the buyer dealing with the different things going on because insurance right now as a market is no different like than anything else. It's yeah. driven by a lot of factors. People think of insurance and the carriers. Yeah, we're all in business to make money, but the reasons behind why premiums are going up really over the past six to 10 months, I mean, they're driven by the economy, by inflation, by a bunch of different factors that we'll get into. So the carriers got hit pretty hard from my understanding, typically the way that it works with insurance carriers is they'll take your premiums in, but they're not just making money on your premiums. What the insurance carriers do is they take that money in premiums, then they invest that money. So there's investment income. So going in a deep dive into how carriers make their money, a lot of that's from investments. So when you're looking at the market state in, what was that, 
2022 last year when the market got spanked the insurance carriers did too so now they're writing these premiums there's more losses than usual there's hurricanes there's catastrophic losses where carriers are paying out billions of dollars but on top of that the investment income that they typically rely on to be profitable were not there so they're getting hit on all different angles and it's hard to feel bad for the insurance carriers. Shout out to our underwriters and insurance carriers that we work with. Love working with you. But you know, everyone knows the insurance world, everyone's in it to make money. And these massive companies that have been around for a long time, I mean, there's a reason why most of the largest buildings in each city are named after an insurance company or yep. carriers because they're profitable. But in the past year or two, there's different cycles in the insurance world and they haven't been as profitable, which is now being seen by our small to medium-sized businesses, even large businesses, really anyone with insurance, personal commercial, those rates are going up. I think on average in the industry, we're looking at like 10% rate increases with yeah, actually, full, carriers. Uh, little report this morning from a USA Today article says when it varies for California's to New York, but just the average, it's kind of widespread, but it said 7.1% to 22.3%, depending on geographical location and different factors, losses and claims. But from a 71 of a clean account to a right. 22.3% of an increase just on where, you know, the world's at today. That's high. Even on the low end right there. I mean, that, that's high. No, absolutely. And I think it's difficult for us to, as advisors, I mean, obviously price is very important, but you want to make sure that what you're buying is correct. And our biggest thing is making sure you're properly covered. Obviously everyone cares about the bottom line as well. So explaining to a client that, Hey, your insurance premiums this year are going up 10, 12%, and they haven't had any claims. They haven't had any change of their operations. They're still doing the same thing. They're doing everything safely, but having to have that conversation is tough, and it's not an easy time to be in the insurance world, but it's like the economy. It's like everything else that goes in circles. Right now, we're in a hard market, but then it'll lighten up, and other carriers will open up their appetite and maybe move it around, or rates will get better with the current carrier. So it's all a cycle. It hasn't been easy, that's for sure. And like you said, with different trends that happen in the market and all that goes into the cost of premiums and how mm -hmm. the actual carriers and insurance companies make their money off the premiums. I saw another article from quarter two of 2022 to quarter two that just ended here in 2023. They can't speak for every carrier, but for the overwhelming majority, most carriers paid out more in claims than they brought in premiums. And like you said, all the catastrophes, but then even here in the Midwest, I mean, we got hit with more hailstorms than we did the last 10 years in terms of homeowner costs. We can talk to everybody that listens. They all have homeowners insurance and those rates are skyrocketing as much as business policy. My brother, though, he lives in a van down by the river. So oh, everyone well. except for James Redman. Shout out, James. Shout out, James. You dodged a bullet here with the homeowners. Everything's okay down by the river. But Lakefront, that was wild when I read that, you know, because people think of insurance premiums. Oh, these companies take rate every year. They obviously are very profitable. But with all the claims and different situations that have happened across the world this year, that was not the case from Q2 to Q2 over the last year. 22 to 23. Yeah. He yeah. held more in claims than they did bring in. And then the investment side, which people don't think about, but that's how the carriers really make their money. Jackson, how about some of those reasons that are leading yeah. towards those premiums? I know we talked about just overall the market right now, but what are some of those major factors that are leading to that? 
So one of our producers here, one of our coworkers, Wyatt Quigley, he sent out a great article today because the conversation has just been, like Max said, we've been working on different commercial, multifamily, real estate accounts, and different things that are going on on the property side of insurance specifically, and different things affecting the replacement costs and all the driving factors. So he sent out a really nice article. I think he put it out on his LinkedIn, but he also sent it to our sales team. And so I just wanted to touch on a few points from this article, a resource we use, Zywave, and it's titled The Seven Factors Driving Commercial Property Insurance Costs. And basically the commercial property insurance face, it's been hardened. Like Max said, we're in a hard market. Property, I think overall is the hardest one that's been hit, though, your property insurance, especially in habitational. We'll get into some of the things that are increasing the premiums, but that's probably the hardest hit. The only thing that's a little bit soft right now is the cyber market. I read an article that the cyber carriers are seeing less claims as of late. The pricing on cyber has been loosening up a little bit, but yeah, property's been hit the hardest from what I see. Was that a big sippy pool right there? It went down the wrong pipe. I'm sorry. I was trying not to distract you, but yes, that's <laughs> not on the wrong pipe. And I was trying to catch my breath. I didn't want to cough in the microphone. That's right okay. There, caught me off guard. But yes, yeah, so there's seven factors. We won't go into the weeds on all of them, but the first one being catastrophe losses and keeping it high level, the natural disasters that have happened over the last couple of years. It says that such disasters have cost the global economy more than $100 billion in annual insured losses for five of the last six years. Crazy. And according to industry research, in 2022 alone, these losses reached an estimated $140 billion. And who's paying for that? No one likes to talk about insurance. No one likes insurance until you need it. And it's therefore the worst case scenario. That's when you talk about like your limits of insurance and why it's important to insure it to value, making sure it's correct. Yeah. If a hurricane comes and wipes out your house, yeah, no one wants to pay that money for the flood insurance or the hurricane insurance or even in Chicago. Like if you have a hailstorm that comes through and or a tornado or something that's a bad loss, well, you want to not spend a lot of money on insurance. I mean, you don't really want to talk about it. It's not fun to talk about. But at that time, that's probably the most important thing in your world is exactly. how is my insurance going to respond? Yeah, that's what we're here for, to advise our clients. And obviously, it pays out and you pay a premium for that. Number two, moving on, uh, we got a bu- 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 buzzword here, here across the world, but especially in insurance, inflation. I know we're all tired of hearing about and talking about inflation, but the fact is it's a real thing and it's affecting industries wide across the country. How does that impact property value? So it's saying that, in fact, the U.S. Bureau of Labor Statistics reported that the consumer price index reached a 40-year high in June of 2022 last year in terms of inflation across all industries. In 2023, it's somewhat cooled down, but it is still elevated increasing the cost of certain building materials and associated property repair expenses. There's a few points as we move on that'll kind of go into that in terms of the repair expenses and the cost of materials specifically and supply chain issues and different things like that. But as the cost of everything goes up, insurance is really no exception to that because the more it would cost to fully replace your building if there was a total loss, all of those materials are inflated. So the cost is going to be inflated. Yeah, inflation affects everything. Insurance premiums, housing prices, rebuilding costs. Like you said, I mean, we're at a 40-year high in June of 2022. I mean, that's longer than we've been alive. So Correct. these are... So, longer than 40. So am I. You're getting up there. But anyway, you want to hit on the next point here. We got number three. Yeah, supply chain disruption. 
I hear about this a lot when it comes to auto claims, your supply chain, having to get replacement parts for your vehicle. They're not readily available. You're going to wait a longer period of time. Well, when you're waiting a longer period of time, you're renting a car for longer. You're paying higher costs to get those repair parts to you to actually get back and running. And insurance covers that, but it's a bigger expense to the insurance carrier when you have to rent a car for an extra week and ship stuff from the other parts of the world. Even though businesses have since resumed their operations and increased productivity levels, demand for certain materials continues to outweigh inventory, which we see. It has to do a lot of congestion at global ports, geopolitical conflicts, rising fuel and energy costs, the weather events that we talked about earlier, put a hamper on things, and just a shortage of warehouse workers, truck drivers. I mean, we see that even with our clients in, in the trades or manufacturing or trucking. Most important thing for those clients that are ours, the business owners, is attracting and retaining that town, which is hard to do in a time like this. So we all remember seeing those videos during COVID or even last year, those ports with all those cargo tankers just sitting in the ports because yeah. there's not enough room for them to get in. There's not enough piers. So it's craziness. I'm going to roll into point number four. That way we stay on that, that being labor shortages. And it's no secret across all industries that it's a struggle for business owners and exec teams to find people to come in to work, especially in certain industries. So quote from this article, it says, despite offering higher salaries, the Associated General Contractors of America reported, here it is, nine out of 10 contractors had still struggled to find skilled employees, giving them no choice but to delay projects. 90%. Exactly. And this is even taking into account that across all industries that they've all had to increase their workers' wages to try to minimize job hopping or a lot of the trend right now is moving across industries to take a higher paycheck and different things up. It's so competitive to find skilled workers right now, but especially the blue collar jobs. I see all these union statistics and just the number of people out there, boots on the ground is just decreasing, which is wild to me. And we're still building and we still have a need for that. I think it also starts with like going back to the schools and pushing college and I can speak from experience, like my brother, he's in the tool and die industry and my roommate's a union electrician. I lived with a union plumber who was my other roommate during COVID. And then my fourth roommate owns an auto shop. Seeing what those all guys do. Trades. Yeah, all the skilled trades and, and you're always going to have a need for it, but there's such a potential in it, those industries and these companies are just dying for employees. And I look at these guys and I'm like, well, I knew how much money you guys make. I mean, we all do fine, but not having to pay for college, having a working internship and see what those guys do. It's a need across the country. It always will be. Your car breaks down. Who are you going to call? You're going to call the mechanic. I want to move, but can't find a house that we're looking for. Let's just build. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's call general contractor. All of these jobs, when you can think of different needs that you need as you go through life, we need those people in those trades. Right. It's wild that nine out of 10. But it does help to know those people too. It's not what you know. It's who you Moving very important. Yeah. Number five, property replacement costs. So we kind of hit on this. It has to do with inflation, which really drives everything. But a couple of facts here. Structural steel has risen 55% in the past few years. Now, by past few years, I don't know exactly how long that goes back, but according to this 55%, which is you're going to pay more for those increased costs. It goes down to the consumer. Price of lumber. We've heard about the price of lumber. I think it went way up. Now it's down a little bit, but it's coming down, it's coming down but still up 35% according to this. 
and construction machinery and equipment expenses have increased 18% during the same time. Now, again, I don't know what this time period is, but as we all know, prices are going up. Altogether, these trends have caused overall non-residential construction costs to surge by 36%. These costs, if you have a total loss, you have a tornado that hits your building or a fire that partially burns down your building, well, to replace that damaged portion or rebuild that building, those replacement costs were going up. So like on property renewals, you might have had a million dollar building replacement costs, not market value, but replacement costs to rebuild it. Now this year it's 36%. I mean, it's not going to go 36%, but we're seeing renewals of like maybe 1.1.5, 1. 1.2 Yeah. So same building, but just because of these replacement costs, it's increasing that value of the building, which thus increases. Yeah, all the materials. So yeah. it's needed to bring it up. It's just... It's going to be more expensive. Right. And who pays for that? The insurance carrier if you're properly insured. So that's why the premiums are up. Too. Exactly. Yeah. Moving on to number six, just want to bring the attention back. I don't know if you guys are driving, you're stuck at a red light, you're taking a sip of coffee, you're in the shower. Point number six is just a big one in what we're seeing right now in terms of renewals in our job and how we're helping our insureds and our clients mm-hmm. is the fact that there's just under insurance concerns. So specifically, this is that for the businesses that fail to consider inflation, and other segment trends that could end up with incorrect or outdated property valuations and related coverage limits, leaving them with inadequate protection and significant out-of-pocket expenses following various losses. That is what Max was just touching on, and that is that everybody is concerned about the bottom line. Everybody needs insurance if you're a business owner, but doesn't see it as a need and tell us the worst. It's not a fun thing to spend your money on. Exactly. We'll be honest. It's not a fun conversation. Our job behind the scenes is to do what we can so you're not overpaying for the same thing that the guy next door is. But at the same time, our job is to make sure that on the worst day, worst case scenario, you can call us and we can say you're covered. That's what our job is. And you need to know, yeah, touch on that and bring that to the forefront. I think that's a good point. Yeah. And I think another thing too, when you're looking at insurance values and we talked about it quickly, but market value versus replacement costs, a lot of times I'll have conversations with clients and they'll say, Hey, I've got this building, it's warehouse, whatever. It's in a bad CD area of Chicago. If I wanted to sell today, I might only be able to get a hundred thousand dollars, $150,000. Like, okay, well the building's 50,000 square feet. It's made of brick. If it burnt down, yeah, you can get $150,000 for it, but the replacement cost to rebuild this building is $3 million. I'm just throwing numbers out there. So I think a very important thing to do and just be aware of is when you're looking at your property values, it's not what you could sell the building for, your market value. It's what it actually costs to replace that building. And what we do as advisors, if you're unsure of what that is, if you hadn't had an appraisal recently, we can run replacement cost estimators to see what it would actually cost to rebuild your building. But just know that those are going up. We also partner with third-party insurance appraisers that'll come out to your building if it has been years since you've had the conversation around your replacement costs. A renewal's coming up and you're like, why is my insurance going up 10%, but my replacement cost is only going up $50,000? I'm just throwing out numbers there hypothetically. But if you're really wanting to know where you should be insured, the proper limits that you should have for your coverage, we partner with those individuals and have those resources, and that's becoming even more a factor in, in where the market's at right now. Right. So replacement costs, it's just a big conversation there. Moving on to the last point that we have here, number seven, reinsurance challenges. So this isn't something that the consumer sees, but on the back end, kind of going back to that investment income, things like that, the reinsurance costs for the carriers. So 
lot of people may not realize it, but insurance carriers actually purchase insurance on themselves. So that's called reinsurance. So there's a hurricane or there's billions of dollars in, in damages. Once they hit a certain limit, they move on come to another tier of an, another insurance carrier that'll help them pay for those losses. So that's called reinsurance. And from what I've heard in the marketplace, I haven't even read this number seven, but I just know from talking to underwriters and carriers, there's some carriers that are seeing reinsurance costs. So their insurance premiums going up 50 to 100% in the past year because of all these catastrophic claims, because of all these issues that we just talked about. So obviously when it starts at the top and their costs are going up, it goes downstream and that also impacts the consumer. So I mean, on the bright side, you know, if their insurance costs are going up 100% and yours are going up 10%, it still sucks, but, but, <laughs> but it, it's better than 100. Yeah, the consumer just doesn't see in that, yeah, even though the insurance company, the carrier that you're placed with, they're paying out the most claims they've paid out in years, you have the proper limits and you face a total loss, you're still going to have coverage even if they run their limit. So it's just there knowing that they always have a backup plan and even if a carrier seeing their worst case scenario in terms of their profit, they're not going to go under. And they're going to be able to pay out their claims. Exactly. So you're still in the spot to where we can say, yeah, I mean, there might take rate next year or there's different things going on. But if you need coverage and there's to be paid out, at least we have insurance. We can do that. Right. Correct. I know we didn't spend a ton of time on each section, but it's just a little information to give a little dialogue and some background of what's going on that we're seeing. We're seeing premiums go up and that's the first thing that our clients see, but we have this conversation every single day with our clients. There's reasons why it's not just that the insurance carriers are getting super greedy and jacking your premiums up 12% just because they can. It's because they need to make money. We're all in business to make money. You wouldn't work for a loss and the same with the insurance carriers. So that's a big thing. Jackson, I think that this was a good podcast I and a good conversation. Before we go... One thing I wanted to mention, Vista Safety Consulting, Roger, thank you again so much for this bottle. It's delicious. We'll link a website link to Vista Safety's website and list his, Max, you can give out his contact info, but we'll also link it as well for some more information of what they do and how they help companies like ourselves. Yeah. If you're a business owner that would like some safety trainings or a mock ocean inspection or just want to talk to somebody... You can visit Vista Safety Consulting at www.vistasafetyconsulting.com. That's V-I-S-T-A, safetyconsulting.com. They're out of Schaumburg. They're awesome. I highly, highly recommend them. And also one other thing I want to do is shout out Cooper. Shout out Cooper behind the scenes. You haven't heard Cooper's name. Coop, yep. Coop, Cooper Loop. Shout out Cooper, helping us sound as smooth as we can, and helping us get set up today and keep the shit. Yep. We had Ricky as our production backup making us sound better than we actually do but ricky's moved on to a new role so we have koopa loop coming here cooper is wearing a viking shirt today yep. mustard color i don't know if i like that it's yep. kind of a bad go bears go bears for um, the pot but anyways we like cooper and he's yep. doing a great he's job doing he's job. account right. manager on the property casualty side and then he midnights as a producer for our podcast so thanks yep. Cooper. also one quick shout out before we go to our interns here at j crew this summer yeah that's a good one you guys can check us out on tiktok and also keep an eye out for us on linkedin yeah doing a great job for us marketing and so you guys can put a face to the name here in some behind the scene bloopers of what goes on here on the podcast studio aka our conference room it's about the riz <laughs> it's about the riz that's right that's all right well 
I think that's a wrap. And I think I'm at empty. Are you empty? Just about. I think I'm due for another one, but we will end the podcast here. And thanks so much for listening. Cheers. Cheers. Thank you.